where we hold them! This is where we fight! Now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? It's Thursday night, Mike. It's the favorite night of the week. Tomorrow's Friday. It's Sweep the Rack night. You know what? The PBA tour might be slow right now. I'm talking national level tour you know live shows yet the show continues i feel like there is a lot of bowling outside of the pba tour these days pwba pba 50 i'm in right now starting my amateur swing so we'll talk a little bit about that my preparations for that because i'm bowling a lot more than i've probably ever bowled in a really long time Rob's back. Oh, man. I feel great right now. I mean, I'll go right into it. and We'll get, we'll get into your league review, but I went to Bolero Are- Tuesday just to kind of throw it a little bit because I went to B3 on Saturday. Saw your video with the oh, yeah. laser that beam. Sick. Sick. That shit have you ever sick. seen that? No, nah, I've never seen that. I got... I don't know if they have that over at uh, at Rev Rates. I'll have to ask. I don't know if they so, do or they don't. But I got to explain this thing because you see this pen, right? the The trigger on that light is probably maybe a little bit bigger than this this freaking pen. So I mean, you got to be like accurate. Like you got to be that green light goes on. You know, you you hit where you were looking. Um, I had about a three to four shot stretch where I hit him three to four shots in a row. The problem was, is where he put that on the break point, it wasn't striking because he sets the break point up himself, you know, my, um, my Calderon. And I'm like, Mike, I'm like, and he was giving a lesson next to me. I'm like, Mike, you, you need to put that break point, like three boards, right? He looks at me. He's like, we'll make a hand position adjustment. Let's try to strike. I'm like. Oh, now you really get it crazy on me. Like, because I threw three or four great shots in a row. I, the light goes off and I go right through the nose. And we were bowling on a Kegel Red Square, which is that 40 foot flat ass pattern that is brutal. That I ended up bowling really good that one time on it. Um, what, what pattern? The Red Square, which is like the flat, okay. like the US Open type pattern. So I, I move left and I start like getting behind the ball and start. Now I'm starting to really make like adjustments and really start getting like to the advanced stages of practice. And I'm flattening my hand out. I'm trying to get my ball to roll. And then all of a sudden I started striking and he's just like, Oh, I told you he's just giving me that look. I'm like, man, this is what practice is about right here. Like none of that bullshit house shit that I'm practicing on Tuesday night at Bolero. Like this is practice. Like I have a break point. I need to hit. I'm on one of the toughest patterns fresh. Right. And I'm trying to hit, two spots i'm trying to hit the spot at, at the arrows or i look a little bit closer and the break point and i'm trying to change my hand positions and i'm trying to strike on string pins you want to talk about a practice gesture mike it was an hour of one of the best practice sessions i've had in a really long time so yeah i mean I, i'm gonna go tomorrow back to b3 and then sunday i have a tournament at mesa it's uh, one of the the cbe events that theo runs I think he's got like right now probably 50, 60 entries, I believe. Uh, they're bowling on a 48-foot pattern. Not really sure what that is. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, I'm going to go tomorrow. I think I'm going to drill a ball. I have a um, a paradox, a blank paradox that I got to drill. Got those so, new shoes, too, I saw. Uh, oh, dude. Finally. Yo, my shoes that I had were like literally Bill O'Neill shoes that he gave me like 15 years ago. Cause he had an extra pair that he wasn't using. It was like, there was some Dexter's Mike. I my red. The soles were worn out 80 entries. See Theo, man, the tournament director to in the chat saying they've got almost 80 entries. Yo. I applaud that Theo. I applaud it's that. Great. See, I can't wait. See, people want to compete on the tougher shit. There are decent amounts of people out there 
that want to compete on the tougher shit. They just a lot of them just don't want to argue with people who don't. You know, so uh, we'll, See, we'll the thing about Arizona. I don't think he gets a lot of complaints when they're you know um, when they're too hard, but he gets a lot of complaints when they're too easy. Um, so it's so definitely great. it's good to it's good to see that in this now, area. How how far of a geographic area, it, uh, Theo, are you drawing people from? Like, if you draw a circle uh, from where the where the tournament is, like, are people coming from extremely far distances to bowl these things, or is it more of like a, a strong local community uh, of people? My guess, off the top of my head, is he gets people probably from around a two hour radius. That would be my guess. Okay. okay. I know. See, the good thing about that Phoenix area in Arizona is it seems like everything is kind of about an hour radius from like downtown Phoenix. Um, so I kind of feel like, you know, people who live in North Scottsdale, they live in downtown Phoenix or they live in like, um, you know, uh, Mesa and they live in Chandler. I, I feel like you get Tempe. There's a lot of like area that is very crammed in here. Um, so you get a, pretty good geographic area about a couple hours so uh but okay. it's good to see the i love bowling as tournaments um it gives me you know just you know one something to look forward to on a sunday two the turn the shots are tough and it's good because i'm a pretty decent spare shooter so i feel like i already have like kind of a, an advantage because i i just focus on really making my spares and if i find if i fall into a good reaction then it's who knows what i can do i you know try to win one but um then it's Brooklyn Rob Statue of Liberty time, baby. Oh man, you, <laughs> you know, know what it ready. is. You know what it is. Yeah, so good preparation because then in two weeks I have the USBC State uh, Arizona State Masters, and then obviously the Tat Phoenix 10K tournament, which is also Theo's tournament. If you're not registered, it's 10K. I mean, you don't find that every every day. Um, and then the, yeah, the regional is in Mesa the weekend after. So man, I'm gonna be bowling a lot. I'm gonna have a lot of content. Carlos wants to know, did you get a new spare ball? Yo, I got that Belmo Gold spare ball. Come on, man. I got the Belmo Gold spare ball, the Belmo shoes. Man, yo, people, I'm repping Belmo. Can I, say, can I say something here? Can I point something out? This guy, you know, he praises and praises, and he never says anything negative. Even when the guy's on a downturn, he's buying his stock and whatnot. And, you know, all these items happen to, happen to adorn Rob. You know, I don't know, people. I don't know what to uh, say. About so, that. Oh wait, wait. So you think Belmo's in my? You think I'm in Belmo's pocket? Is that I don't know. That's not what I didn't say. That I didn't say that. If that's what you hear, Yo, maybe there's shoes, some though. guilt there. I don't know. Yo, shouts to 3G because those are the first 3Gs that I've worn, and just from practicing on Tuesday with him, man, they fit so good and they feel so good on my pant, my, my feet right now compared to the 15 year old SSTs I was. Uh, I was a uh, staff again. Mike, yo, mate, am I? I'm a, I'm a Belmo patch pirate, Mike. I was that sound? Well, Vic in the chat says uh, hashtag staff or get him, Mike. Uh, I was gonna say, is he border? Is he bordering on being a patch pirate in some way? Yo, Belmo. As long as Belmo keeps releasing that fire, like those shoes and the spare ball. See, I love like gold. Like I'm a big gold guy. Um, I, since you know, I was in college in my fraternity. We we were purple and gold. We always used to wear gold stuff. And he's coming out like that spare ball, the gold spare ball. Had to have it. Then I saw those shoes, the gold and the black, and I'm like, man, I could wear these with black dress pants. I could wear these with black dress pants. I could wear these with khaki. I'm thinking about all the bowling, like the with black and gold. What the shoes, those color mix goes with. But there were three G's on top of it. And my brother Jeff was like, yo, you got to try the three G's. They're great. They feel great. So I'm like, once I saw those and I had the Belmo logo, I'm like, yo, these are fire. They're sick. Uh, you know how many comments I've got on them? I think they're horrendous. I what, mean, those shoes? Yeah. Could you, I oh, mean, could you possibly be any more gaudy? I mean, gold shoes. So, I mean, really, come on. Come on. Get 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 yourself in check. No, gold dude, those shoes. things are sick. Please, I'll wear, in I, fact, I'll wear gold socks. You know what they remind time. me of? They remind me of those old SST4s. The old SST fours with the with the black and black and silver patent leather, or, or blue and silver patent leather, or maroon and gold okay. patent snakeskin leather. Yeah, no, there were there were some of them. Were, yeah, some of them were snake. The blue and gold yeah. ones, and the and the and the maroon and gold ones were were snakeskin. 
the black and silver ones were straight up patent leather. I had those, but we were teenagers then. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I don't know about that choice now. I'll be honest. Hey, I like them. I don't care. They, they, I've been getting a lot of comments. People love them. Um, I also am impressed with the switch grip. I, I did shoot. I did switch from my T to switch grip. Since I switched to switch grip, I haven't had a problem putting my thumb in the ball. Are we sponsored was, on this show? And I don't know about it. No, 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 no. You people no, hear this no, guy? No, but yeah. listen, I'm just telling you. I'm being honest. I'm giving. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving the people ball. honest, unbiased opinion on like going from a switch script to from an it to a switch script one of the I've few places you can get that yes i've had weekly problems with my it since i moved to phoenix because of how hot the balls were getting and the, the cores were expanding i'm telling you the switch script since i switched has been nothing but just go in boom turn it i'm good um the it's problem after problem trying to get those thumbs in the ball man so anyway yeah i got new shoes got some balls Shoes I'll probably horrendous. end up. I'll probably end up going three hundred under at the tournament, but at least my shoes will look good doing it, and my spare yeah, ball will look good. And then people are gonna say, "Yeah, look at this flashy jackass." Yeah, look at this patch pirate look going three hundred under with these pirate, shoes. flashy jackass who wears these gold shoes and, and bowls like shit and misses spares and shit. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I almost, yeah, I'm almost of the of the belief that like bowling shoes should have to be black. I don't know. Like like old style lens. There's not there, to me nothing God, beats nothing the old style lens. handmade Mike, black leather lens. Lens. Mike, they were lens, the best bowling shoes I ever had. I wish I never. I wish my foot never grew after I got those because they were the if, best bowling shoe ever. If lens were available, that like new style like lens, but they stayed with the old traditional style, there would have been no doubt in my mind that I would have stayed with the lens. Um, because those are my favorite shoes, and you could wear them for like fifteen years, unless you're Joe Stillman and your Yo, just the more the more beat up out of they, the they got, the better they were. Oh, it was like it better was, well, your, it was the a better glove. your slide like traction was. I mean, it, they're not what they used to be from like, what I see. But I can't even imagine what he's going to announce me if I make the top five. You know what though? It'll be a good problem to have, Theo. I'll, I'll, call I'll you let you announce. Shoes. Gonna call me the Brooklyn Golden Gold, Shoes, Brooklyn. the lesser. Here's the lesser half of the Sweep the Rack podcast, the Patch Pirate Golden Shoes, Brooklyn Rob. Shoes. I'm gonna be like a gold member in in Austin Powers. I'm everything's gonna be good. I love gold. Oh my god! All right. On that note, uh, Mike, let let's me, hear let your league review about what the people let's are here for. You. Oh my god, I'm embarrassed. I haven't been this embarrassed in a while. Oh man! If I would have known you bowled this bad, I would have started with. I, but now more people are on. Now <laughs> yeah, more people are on to listen to this. I shit didn't say show. nothing. Uh, I I went I went sub five hundred the last three. I went sub five hundred the last three well, out of what four. happened. Uh, you, I'll tell you in a minute. One eight one eighty six, one sixty eight, one sixty eight, one forty. Uh, here's what happened. That's bad, Mike. I know, 41 foot, 26 mil, two to one, uh, highway to hell pattern is what oh, we are That's tough. With. Highway to hell is okay. tough. It was. It was, it was very tough. So first game, I, I because of the characteristics of this particular bowling center, I decided to play out with a reality, something earlier rolling. Love and it actually, it actually Love looked pretty ball. good. It actually looked pretty good. Like that Paul, let me tell you about that ball. So good. Ball is if good. you haven't killed like the reality, the original, the OG, it's so good, Mike. I love that ball. I do. I like that ball too. It's it's a very it's a very predictable, uh, clean but strong early motion. I like that Benchmark. ball a lot. Benchmark ball, first ball out of my bag. Nah, it's not for me. It's not for I me. That, that's in reality. That's what I'm going to if I feel like I need a little more than my benchmark. You know? Well, you got a strong. You know, that's like your stereotypical asymmetrical, right? Your reality. You have an IQ tour and a reality. You have a symmetrical and an asymmetrical. First two balls on the rack tells you within three minutes which is the IQ tour or the reality. But it gives you at least a lot of versatility when you you know in practice to understand what the pattern looks like, where you should play, and then maybe you, you make some tweaks on if you want to make a different ball change or not. Just my so opinion. first game played out, couple couple bad breaks. And I shot 186. I threw. I thought. Yeah. You know, I felt like I threw it pr really well for for that game. 
So I felt like 190 was a good score that game. I think I went into the 10th frame. If I would have doubled, I could have shot 2-0, and I, I only got the first one. Second game, I tried to play out again. It was switching pairs, obviously. Tried to play out again, and right from the jump, it just didn't look as good as it did on the last pair. Uh, I missed a couple spares as well. My spare shooting was kind of uh, horrendous throughout the night. That was like a general theme for the last three games. Uh, so second game, I shot 168. Third game, I moved in, and for a couple frames, the reality looked good, and then I could not get it to uh, to to hold. It was just high every shot. So by the end of that game, I kind of figured out that, all right, I'm too far right. I, even though I moved left from where I was on the gutter, I moved like 20 left from where I was, but I still didn't move enough left. So going into the last game, I moved even further left. And you, ended up in jail. you ended up in jail, didn't you? I did, and then I was flat tenning left and right. And at the very end of the game, I switched to a pin-down WebMB and stood in the same place, and that looked amazing. And then after I shot 140, I went up to the front desk, and I had them turn on the same pair that I just finished the 140 on. Where you were I, angry. Again, you were salty, yeah. right? I was. I was. I was, I was a little salty. I was. I like. I. I. I because I, that's great. Honestly, though. at least you're trying to figure I, it out. I feel like I was throwing it good. Like I was. I was hitting what I was looking at. I was doing what I was. What I was trying. What I was trying to do. The ball was hitting the pocket, but it was. It was. It was very inconsistent. And even when it hit the pocket, it, it didn't really look that great. So, right. So what did you figure out, and when you? Well, I figured out I should have switched to that WebMB probably like two games earlier because it just looked like the world beater. Like I just had everything. I had hold. I had hook. All I had to do was just roll it and hit what I was looking at, and it was going to strike. I think I I put in two names. I put in one name on each side. I was bowling on the pair. I put in A and B on on both sides, and I think I didn't even bowl the full game. I think I threw like 18 shots and 18 frames, and out of those 18 frames, I think I struck – uh, in like 13 or 14 of them. You know what's funny though? And uh, it, it, this is really what your story reminds me of is if you, regardless of how tough the shot is, if you have the right ball in your hand and you're in the right part of the lane, the game is a thousand times easier. If you have the wrong ball in your hand and you're in the wrong part of the lane, they feel like you can't bowl more than like 160 or 170. Like it's it's that like cut and dry sometimes where you know you're in the right place with the right ball and you're looking around and everybody's bowling 170 and you have like 215 look or 220 look and then or 240 or 240 look 240 right? or 250 then, if you're throwing it good right and then there are some days when you look at yourself like man I can't break 180 if I wanted to right now and you look around and everybody's bowling 240 so it's 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 amazing how that happens just based on where you are in the lane your ball you're using, also your ball roll, your ball speed, all of these things kind of just, you know, let you know if you're in the right spot or not. Um, But it's amazing how you make a ball switch, you move whatever it is, and now you go from 140 to probably going to bowl over 200 in the next game, no doubt, right? Oh, at one point in that game that I was practicing, the two games at the same time, at one point I threw eight in a row. So, I mean – yeah, they were crazy, easy. Right? They were easy. So, because, like I said, like I already knew. No, I'm throwing it good. My timing feels good. I'm hitting what I'm looking at. I, I'm throwing the ball well. I'm just, I am just not doing the right thing out here somehow. And yeah, when I switched balls and and got it, and, and, you know, and was doing more of the so, right thing, they became much easier. So Jeff writes, equipment is so much more specialized these days. You have to have the right ball in your hand, or else you're dead in the water. I mean, it's at this point, yeah, like. It's not like the olden days of back in the 70s and 60s and even 80s where everybody threw the same ball and it was pretty much the people who could physically make the shots. That is, yeah, part of the game now. You have to still physically make shots. But if you are if you don't have the right ball in your hand and you're not making the right moves with the transition um, and then spare shooting on top of it, right? If you're, that's not all in the play, then you're just going to be as good as like not cashing or – you know, you're not going to, you're going to be 100, 200 under. So it's good experience though, Mike. I mean, that's great that you stayed though. I'm, 
me, I have to 140. I, I don't do that. I, I, I get the fuck. I get my shit out of there and I, I go home and I try to forget about it. But I like nah. the fact that you stay there to try to figure. Now let me ask you about your league. Do you, do they change patterns after, or do you get the ball in that pattern again two weeks in a row? Some patterns, it's only one week, but this one will get the bowl on it again next week. Ooh, so uh, so what's the strategy? Is it reality again, right, and then make the big move with the WebMD, like second or third game? I think I, I well, here's here's what I'm gonna. I think I may I think I may have a better look in than or, or like track than gutter to even start with the reality. So I think the move next week is going to be try in first with the reality, see how that looks. If that looks better than gutter, stick with that and, and, then move and to migrate, migrate left the right. first two games until that doesn't look good anymore and then switch to the WebMB and go from there, right? Uh, but if, if that doesn't look good to start, then yeah, it would be gutter first game to start and then probably huge jump with the reality yeah. left yeah. and then third game WebMB staying left. Yeah. So Nick M writes, last night I used the P2 off phase two up the track 172, switched your dark code, moved in 232. But don't beat yourself up, Nick, because the reality is that if you use the dark code the first game, you might not have bowled good anyway because the dark code might have not given you the same look. The second game, you got some carry down. You were probably able to use the dark code. So don't beat yourself up. The first game is usually the tougher game when you're bowling on some, some tougher stuff. Kevin, Kevin writes. Kevin in the chat saying, uh, in some cases, the tour reps are underrated on tour. They know the equipment so well. And, you know, I, can I be honest with you guys? Like, the, the fact that when you get the right ball in your hand and do the right thing and play the right part of the lane, the fact that they become so easy when you do that, it kind of, it, to me, it does take a little bit, a little bit away from how how strongly I feel about how great a lot of the players are on tour you know because in my head I know you know that like when somebody's averaging 240 out there for a block part of the reason they're averaging 240 is because that ball rep got them got them you know going doing the right things well it's 100% because the right ball in your hand you're not going to have to execute every shot like great what a good ball reaction does for you in the right part of the lane is it, it gets you to not have to execute. You could half-fast it, essentially. Now, don't get me wrong. You, the odds that you might not strike or carry is a whole nother ball game. But, yes, like you're right. Like, not what it used to be where you, you really have to, like, physically execute to throw strikes. Nowadays, the ball will – what am I trying to say, Mike? The ball is going to make your room for error greater physically throwing it. Kevin also asked me what I'm throwing. Uh, let's see. I have I have so much stuff, honestly. It's disgusting for how, how much I stink. Uh, I have a reality. I have uh, a, a, the green widow pearl. Uh, I have that. I have a so UFO. Let me ask you, though. What was I the have last time? UFO, the UFO alert. I two got questions though, Mike, Mike, two. Mike, 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 two questions. When was the last time you've actually practiced? And when was the last time you actually drilled anything? I feel like you've been, the last I feel like time. You've been a little lazy this summer, Mike. I feel like the pool in the in the summer vacation has made you a little bit lazy on your, your practicing and your drilling your equipment. The last time I practiced was actually not too long ago. It was probably like a week or so ago. So I oh, think you're went to awful the performance center. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're off on that. And I think it was longer than a week, but I'm like, you know, yeah, about- yeah, maybe two. It might have been two. It might have been two weeks. Um, and in terms of when's the last time I drilled something, that's a better question. You got me there. I drilled, I drilled a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the league season last year, and since then I haven't really drilled much because I drilled so many balls. Uh, so but yeah, suffice, suffice to say, Kev, I have a lot of stuff. Jeff writes, do you guys think it's better to come in with a lot of balls or a slimmer arsenal? Are too many options also bad? Honestly, eight balls. That's the most I will have on me on when I'm bowling on the lanes. I think more than eight balls, you're really like pushing the like too many options, right? And too much ball switching. I do feel like if you're bowling a pretty decent tournament, like if I'm bowling the tat, I will probably have about 12 in the paddock and I will take eight out with me to the, to 
to the like to the lanes when there is a paddock and there's a place for me to hold my stuff. I will have an extra three or four in my trunk in case I'm blowing a tournament. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm kind of maybe I run out to in between games, grab another ball or two. But I feel like eight is the max I believe that you should have on you when you're bowling a tournament. I mean, I, I wish I could get away with bringing less and limiting the options because I often make the wrong choices. But I'd have to say that <laughs> I'd have to say that it's probably better to have more choices, you know, in general. But all right, Rob, uh, let's let we're we're gonna come back to some to some league related issues in a bit. But let's talk let's talk a little professional bowling. Because the people the people are starved for the professional bowling right now. There's not a ton going on, uh, but we did have some high level uh, professional bowling action going on this this past weekend, this past week or so, last seven days or so. So let's start. Uh, I want to start with the PWBA uh, okay. season ending event, right? The Tour Championships is that what it was? Yeah, it was a major. Um, it okay. was uh, yeah, it was a. Um, Pretty good last showing by Stephanie Zavala, who won the tournament, Mike. Um, she didn't have a great year. I mean, she was in about 20th in points, or uh, 20th in earnings, 21st in points going into the you know final uh, tour stop of the PWBA. But, Mike, she won about three titles in Rookie of the Year honors in 2021. So uh, she probably put – you know, you see this a lot with people who have a breakout year, their rookie year um where they put it just way too much pressure on themselves to try to duplicate the year that they just came off of um you know and she even admitted that it was a tough year for her um but she ended up winning fifty thousand dollars mike so put this in perspective she had sixteen thousand dollars in earnings going into the last tournament of the year and she ended up winning for 50 grand so she literally I thought it was Maybe 60. Almost, Wasn't it 60? No, first place was 50, 50. grand. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and she beat a Shannon Pluhowski who was seemed like she was kind of killing him this week, right? Old the old Shannon Pluhowski we know, right? When she's like a, a freight train, that girl. When when she gets going, she's hard to beat, right? And she's also one of those players who like every time there's a big event, just pencil her into the show. And don't be surprised if it's in that first spot. You know, I feel old saying this, but like Shannon's a seasoned veteran. I mean, she she turned 40, I think, a couple days ago, right? So happy birthday to Shannon. I like to get her on the show. I gotta reach out to her. Um, and talk about I want to talk about JOG when we first saw her bowl. Uh she she was crushing him then too. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, crazy, uh, you know, great year for the PWBA, right? Shannon O'Keefe ended up winning a player of the year, who, in my opinion, I've said this right now is the best women bowler on tour. She deserved winning player of the year. She makes almost every show. It almost seems like it's her and Danielle McEwen makes every PWBA show. Uh, and Brianna Cote too, you know, was pretty, you know, pretty, pretty good this year too. Seems like it's the same, you know, um, those three are always in the, in the top like five or 10. Um, and yeah, yeah there's, certainly, there, there's certainly a little less parity in the PWBA standings than there is in the PBA standings. I would definitely agree with that. But uh, this 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 performance show on this show was 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 pretty uh, was pretty sick. I mean, this was this was a pretty sick running the ladder performance from the from from a young player. Like you, you don't see that uh, all that often, and she, she just, she crushed them. There, there, there were there was no doubt in many of these matches. By the sixth frame, seventh frame, there was no doubt of who was gonna who was gonna win the match. Even if it was a little bit in question, she had such a better look than the other player that you knew. Oh yeah, like as long as she gets up and executes to to any kind of level, she she's going to hit the pocket and probably strike. Uh, tell me if this is if I'm if I'm out there for making this observation. Part of her success and her ability to stay, you know, stay bowling well through all four games of the stepladder has something to do with the fact that she does not have a very common release 
for a female player. She plays left of everyone and is around and, it, and and is around it like a mo. Okay, and her her reaction down the lane is very uh, drastic. Okay, which again you don't really see from the from the female players all that often, and it, it really struck me that like. She was playing so much further left than, say, uh, a, a Jordan Richards. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong. I might get a lot of shit for this take, but her the way she throws it reminds me a little bit of P. Weber, in 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 the fact that P. Weber was so good on the flat patterns, like the U.S. Open patterns, is because his ball never read the first forty feet of the lane, forty five feet of the lane. P. Weber was known for being able to play left. And, and and play and get the ball right because his ball never never checked up early because his release was always P Weber always had that little half around it release right and you'd watch his ball go down the lane and I'm like man his ball never reads early Stephanie reminds me of that especially on this show where her ball never read the first forty some feet of the lane she was able to get left she was able to just really get the ball to, to not read and then, you know, really hit that break point harder than everybody else. When everybody else maybe were having their ball was burning up a little bit quicker than Stephanie. It was, it was super impressive. Yo, Stephanie's a player. I mean, you know, any any anyone on that level, I mean, you don't win three titles in rookie of the year and not be a player, but she got comfortable. This was a, a prime example of being the number one seed was a disadvantage, okay? Because you had Stephanie – who's already had, what, three games on this pair. She was killing him. She bought like 260, 220. She was crushing him. And then poor Shanna Pulhowski, who's had an amazing week, right, crushes him, then has to beat a Stephanie Zavala, who's had three games already on this pair, is comfortable, is probably a little bit more relaxed than Shannon is, bowling for a major. So, yeah, I think an advantage went to Stephanie on this time when bowling the final match, you know, and I feel like it's happened. We've seen that a lot this past year and last year where – uh, you know, uh, people who are uh, bowling prior uh, having a lot of advantage over the one seat. But you ask any pro out there, and they'll stay, they'll still take the one seat, you know, over being a fourth or fifth seat. And I don't blame them, right? You know, it's just it's common sense, right? You want to be guaranteed a title match and and a second place finish, especially for money, right? So you mentioned the fact that she. Uh... Won three titles last year, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, her her, her season earnings last year was sixty nine thousand. So she in got this a major one event, in yeah, right. In so this, this one year, event, she got a ma- one major, one title, and made almost just as much as last year. And she had three right, titles winning last three. Year. So it pays to win the money with the big tournaments. Ask Kyle Troop. Ask Kyle Troop. Right. It does. One t- title, two hundred fifty grand. You know, like I'd rather do that than win five titles, you know, yeah, and have sure. and have a fifteen thousand prize. So at a major. So I mean, think about it, right? Three titles, rookie of the year. Now she wins a major. So this year went from being really a tough year to her to like being an amazing year just from winning a major and making the same amount of money. Good for her. She's a great girl too. Um, you know, I I, I never really uh, she bowled in my area in Southern California a lot, but I never really ran into her. But I, I know a lot of people talk very highly of her. She's a very, um, you know, good person. Okay. Shout to her for the PWBA yeah. 50K win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, PB, PBA action over the weekend, Rob. Yeah, you got two. You got a PBA Jones, 50. Jonesboro is what I'm referring to. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Parker Bone Association. The Parker no, Bone no. 50 Association. No. That's what I'm renaming – I'm renaming the PBA 50 now to the Parker Bone Association. 50. Let's talk about Jonesboro first. I mean, okay. Again, left the urethane affair. Is that what we can call it? Well, get, you want to give a rundown of the standings? I mean, um, I have to like double check here because I know Matt Russo won. So I'm sure he was. I didn't really, I didn't get to see the finals. I'll be honest with you. Um, but not only did he win, he, he won wire to wire. He basically led the entire tournament. Right. He beat okay. um he beat uh EJ Tackett, right? In the finals. Is that does that uh, seem right? I wanna I wanna make sure that I have it correct. Yes, he did. Uh here here's the top ten. I'll give you the rundown. Matt Russo, EJ Tackett, Spencer, Spencer Robarge. Robarge, my okay. man, dude. Okay. 
Holloman, urethane, urethane, urethane. Sean Maldonado. Probably Dio, using urethane. Dio Bernard, Dio Bernard, another lefty. Darty, Tom Darty, Mike Bailey, Bailey don't Faulkner know him. Gary Faulkner Jr., lefty, and Francois. Haven't haven't seen his name at the top of the standings in a minute. So okay. Uh, Super so yeah, I guess fair fair to say that the lefties had the good look. No, I mean yeah, uh, it's to me like Tackett is just he's he's so different than everybody else. He, I mean, he's in second right, and he's in a finals with a two handed lefty, two handed lefty Holloman who who probably could be a two handed lefty the way he throws it right, and Maldonado another two hander. And here is EJ Tackett, right? Like, just you know, traditional, like, real super reverie. Like to me, it's just it, it's more impressive, EJ Tackett, on how good he is, and how he could you know compete with these two-handed lefties when they have it. Um, so good for Matt Russo, though, man. You know, like we've had Matt Russo on the show. Um, it's been it's been you know super regional. So essentially, this is not a um, this is not a title, right? It doesn't count for a PBA national title. No, no, it was super regional. So you know, and then um, I mean, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot of that, but from what I understand and what message got back to me is it was a lot of urethane being thrown. So maybe that's the reason why I didn't watch it. Okay, and then uh, finally. We had the PBA 50, as you were referring to, the Parker, Parker Bowman Association. What a year he's having. I mean, think about it, right? Like, he's just he, – I mean, how many times has he won or been in the finals in the last, like, three or four stops? I feel like every time I see them bowling, he, he's, he's winning right now. I wonder what I wonder what happened, though. Like, what, like, triggered Parker to all of a sudden just – start like dominating out there i mean did he just get hot is he like been working in the on in the performance center that he has got i mean does the left look good i mean i mean you know. what is it he's parker bone this guy is like the ultimate shot maker i well you know? in, in saying that what i'm saying is yeah he's parker bone if you give him anything he's probably gonna take advantage of it fully but in this tournament specifically, the the David Smalls Open, Chris Barnes finally got one for for Team Barnes. Uh, they've been struggling against the Bones. You know, Chris's son lost to Justin Bone. Parker beat Chris in the PBA 50 Cup. Then Parker beats Chris again in the semifinal of the PBA 50 Spectrum Lanes. So finally, Chris Barnes got one. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just cool to see the nostalgia of, you know, a Chris Barnes, uh, Parker Bone rivalry, right? To a certain extent, right? This became a rivalry, right? Because they're bowling each other all the time. Their kids bowl each other, right? I mean, it's a little bit nostalgic, right? That'd be like if the PBA 50 all of a sudden, like Walter Ray was, was bowling Norm Duke again on TV all the time. And, you know, or Pete Weber was bowling Walter Ray again on TV. I think it would, you know, it's cool to see that as just a, a fan that they grew up bowling on TV. So Yeah, no, it is. I, I agree. That's why I like to tune in. I think I think the step ladders of the PBA fifty events are some of my favorite step ladders for that reason, you know, because you're you have such a level of familiarity with the with the players there, you know. So yeah, so cool Duke to see those guys battling back and forth. My Chris Norm Duke isn't playing on bowling PBA fifty, right? He retired for good. From what I understood, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. That's. I would. I wonder if that's been asked. Has anybody asked him that? Like any of the people in the interviews he's been on, is why he wouldn't at least bowl the PBA fifty. You know, you would think uh, that would there, be like there was an article that Jill Winters put out right before the finals of the team thing that that had some comments on it. I don't want to quote it because I don't really remember too clearly what it said, but you can definitely go back and check that out. Also, want to want to give a shout out to the PBA's media people for an article they put out this week on uh, just what you talked about, Rob Parker and uh, his family in the, the, the summer that they're having, you know, taking over the bowling world, basically uh, been a, been a big summer for the bones. 
Yeah, um, Kevin Weeks asks, uh, is Parker Bowen still Bowen Brunswick, or do you make the switch? Parker will never, in my opinion, never ever probably leave Brunswick. I mean, he's a lifer when it comes to Brunswick. Brunswick will never let him go. I think there's a few professionals that are lifers when it comes to staff, right, staffers. I think, like, Brunswick with Parker Bowen. I think Brunswick, like, someone like Johnny Petragula, right? Um, I think, like, a Storm with Pete Weber, I think, is a lifer. I think Belmo with Storm. I don't think Belmo will ever leave Storm, um, you know, unless Storm decides to get rid of But I don't think that will ever happen, right? Um, and, like, you know, there's, like, Jason Couch with Ebonite, right? Dino Castillo with Ebonite. I feel like you could probably talk about a lot of pros that will never, ever – leave the companies but you'd be surprised right i mean you know there's been surprise ej tackett with motive i don't know i i still i'm I not, asked I'm that not, i'm not <laughs> i'm not insinuating that i'm asking that ej tackett with motive i mean do you think ej tackett doesn't think once in a while how many more tournaments he would win if he was with storm or roto or global um I mean, you got to wonder that, like, questioning, right? Like, you, you got to wonder if he questions that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he needs to leave motive, Gary, saying in the chat. Uh, no, Jess, Linda Muth in the chat. I said what's up earlier uh, from Lindy's Bags. If you, if you don't know, Lindy's Bags are the bags, that the official bags of Sweep the Rack, okay? That's that's where our rosin bags are made. Uh, we do have some more worst of the week rosin bags, if any of you guys want to check them out. And let me say this. And I'm not bullshit. It's the nicest rosin bag I've ever had. Yeah, I it, still I'm still using the same one, and I've thrown yo, it like a hundred times. Yo, it's durable. It's it works. It serves its purpose. It's not messy. It doesn't get. You know how a lot of the rosin bags get like crusty over time. Yeah, yeah this yeah. one does not get crusty. I've been using the same one for a year. It doesn't doesn't get crusty at all. And and Jeff, we you know we got to find the time. I'm sorry, we've been we've been busy over the summer. But we got to find the time for you to come on, man. I know, uh, I know Wednesdays don't work, but we or, or Thursdays don't work, but we definitely got to set something up. So if so you don't want a worst of the week rosin bag, if you don't want a worst of the week rosin bag, or you have your own thing that you want rosin bags for, maybe you got a team, maybe you got a little organization you're a part of, right? Hit up Jeff Lindemuth. He's in the chat. You can hit him up. Hit him up through uh, through Facebook if you want Lindy's bags. If you want to Google that, you can Google that. And hit him up, man, and, and he can take care of you. And and they're super high quality. I give you my absolute word. Uh, Jerry Mars, Jerry Mars, saying Tommy Jones with Ebonite. That's a good one. Yeah, it's another one. Bill, Bill, one. I I think Bill's a lifer with Hammer. Um, I think that's um uh, uh to me like a no no brainer for me. Kevin Weeks, no carry with motive for whatever reason. Um, I, I that's a, you know I, I some sometimes. The bowling balls, the way the manufacturers make them, whatever reason, doesn't really fit. You know, I don't think games. that's what it is. I don't think that's I think what it EJ, is. How, I think EJ's just so good. How can you say that? What he throws. How can Kevin Weeks say that? How can I get a get? How can I allow someone to get away with saying that in the chat when there's numerous instances where EJ Tackett leads events, major events, long events, short events. Doubles events, singles events. He leads these events, okay, and and then it's and just then TV. He fails. People then see he the fails, TV, right? Well, people right. see so, the TV. Well, Jay. They don't you see can't anything judge else. The quality of the balls or the fact that the balls—you can't say the balls don't carry because the guy leads the tournament and then doesn't doesn't bowl good on TV. I, I think it's more the you know what we referred to earlier in my in my shitty league report about. Uh, you know, just there being so many options and like how to attack them and what to do and how to figure out the right way to do them. And if you don't make that absolute right decision, then yeah, you're you're going to get that funky stuff that happens here and there, and that happens to him a lot. I think people see the t the EJ on TV, and if you've noticed, EJ has been winning tournaments that haven't really been on TV, right? His struggles are TV, right? Yeah, but he had another struggle this weekend. He had a chance to beat Matt Russo, you know, yeah. and and he, you know, he kind of. Uh, I'm not going to use the phrase "fell apart," but he definitely didn't finish strong. No, I mean, whatever for whatever it is, it's probably a lot of in his head, a lot of pressure. There's anxiety, right? When you're on TV, 
And just some people don't perform as good as they do when they're on TV. It's just bottom line, right? I guess you don't really know how you'd perform on TV until you got there. And I feel like, I don't know. I just, people see that EJ on TV of him going through the nose at a big time in Greek churching, right? Um, but, you know, look, like, EJ's so good. It doesn't matter what balls he throws. He's going to be find a way to be a top five player in the world, regardless of what he throws. Um, but there is, there is, and I'm going to be honest, there is that thought that, like, kind of seeps into your mind. If he's this good throwing motive, how good would he be throwing Storm uh, or, or Global or Roto? I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those what-if questions if he never ends up leaving and stays with motive. Just being honest. Uh, Kevin wanted to know how we get the rosin bags. Just email us, Kev. Sweep the racket Gmail. Yeah, the Sweep websites. The I haven't spent time to try to get that thing fixed. So. All right, Rob. I need to pull up PDA uh, website marketing. Let's let's give the people what they want here. You want to talk about? Let's talk about league real quick, though. Let's talk about your uh, league. No, nah, we're running out of time. We're we're, okay. we're running short on time. We'll push it okay. to next week. Okay. Okay. Although, wait, I just a uh, worst of the week just came across our chat here. When do you guys think the 2023 PBA schedule will be out? Well, figure probably if they start in what February or whatever, it'll probably be mid January. Uh, it'll probably be the the longest, latest possible release you could. It, it'll give the pros maybe about two weeks to to uh, come out with their uh, you know travel schedule. No, honestly, the real answer to that. Um, I when when did they release it last year, Mike? Do you remember? Was it November? Or was it later than that? Yeah, it was around November, yeah. You know, so I think probably you'd probably see the same. In my opinion, you'd probably see the same same type of schedule next year as you saw this year. Shep Ramsey saying Amleto was with Storm for a while. Amleto's been with everybody. Shep, Shep, hold on a minute. It, it, listen, we're, we're older here, Shep. I don't know how old you are, but if you're of a certain age, you remember Amleto – with the Brunswick. with the purple Black rhino, rhino son, okay, Black rhino. in the in the rhino commercial, okay, in the rhino commercial, all right. So Shep, no disrespect, but you know Amleto to me is like OG Brunswick, okay. Well, now Brunswick is EBI, EBI is Hammer, EBI is Columbia, Brunswick's EBI. Like I don't obviously. All right, you want to go first here, Rob, or you yeah. want me to go first? No, I'll go first because I feel like this is going to be a really funny conversation. And I want to give us a little bit of time to uh, to talk about this. Congrats to Mark Guledge from Southwest Bowlers on the worst of the week. Um, his comment, psych job? Question mark. Was it just me or do you agree with this? Was meant to throw me off. Bowling in league, I have the front six off a 174 average when the anchor bowler next to me approaches me as I pick up my ball. And he says... Do you do you do a three step or four step approach? Question mark. My thought is my thought it was done to make me think on the approach and thus throw me off. Well, guess what, Mark? I got news for you. Yes, it was a hundred percent psych job. Our the anchor bowler asked you if you took a three step or four step approach when you have the front six. Okay, when you're bowling them. And it obviously worked because you didn't write you had the front seven, right? So whatever he did and said to you obviously worked. Now, my question to you, Mike, is I've heard of do you breathe in or out when you throw the ball? I've heard of do you take a three-step or four-step approach? I, I've seen some really funny psych-out maneuvers in, 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 as, as bowling, especially in New York, you know, in, in New Jersey, East Coast. Bowling a lot of action, being involved, watching a lot of action more than I bowled. What was your best ever psych job? And if please say Arnie Goldman, because <laughs> Arnie Goldman has some really good ones. If anybody didn't know who Arnie Goldman was, Arnie Goldman was a, a bowler from Michigan, very, very prominent bowler, as super good bowler. He used to like, he was the OG of troll before the troll, right? He used to show up. He used to sand his balls. Forget Aberlons, right? I'm talking like 
sandpaper from Home Depot, right? Put that shit at 250, and he used to throw backup balls, right, on your line while you were practicing, right? Dude, my man was the king of gamesmanship. Anyway, I thought that was a funny post because, yes, you got psyched out, my man. You probably need to, you know, thicken that skin up a little bit if you got the front six. I, my my reaction to that post is is pretty much exactly what Larry said here. You know, somebody's bowling a league with a 170 average bowler and he's messing with them. What a what a what a douche move! And I I, I kind move, of agree right? with that. Like, it is a douche move. Like just let the guy bowl. Um, you asked. <laughs> What's, he probably never bowled 300 too. I would I would have 174 average. I could probably guess to say this guy's never bowled 300. He's got the front six, and you're fucking asking him that question. Complete douchebag maneuver, no doubt. But Nick M in the chat saying there was a guy who would spit in thumb holes when people was bowling well in New York at its finest. I've heard that a lot. I actually I heard a story once at I believe it was at Mount Holly, uh, Thunderbird Lanes, Mount Holly, in South Jersey, and the there uh, the story was that somebody was bowling good, and another bowler uh, rubbed shit actual shit in his uh thumb hole and the ball came back and there was shit in the thumb hole the guy put his hand in the ball and like got shit all over his hand and then had to go wash his hand and wash like the thumb hole out fist all fight. that i would oh, fist of course fight. if i knew who it was i would definitely i would definitely fight the person that's, that did that that's that's fucking terrible look here's a good one here tony knows arnie goldman uh he had them clean the approach in a TV finals at a Michigan major, and it was not even where he was sliding. But all the lefties were. <laughs> oh, oh man, the gamesmanship that I you've seen grow. Anybody who's grown up in a bowling alley and has been around any action matches or or talking shit, um, you know, has. has so has you been- you asked me what my best psych out is. I mean, what was? would you use? What would you use if you were you know if you were trying to psych someone out? Um, you know, I used to, uh, um, I used to, if someone crossed over on me and then I, I struck, I used to start yelling real strikes. Um, oh, oh God, man. I was just, I don't even, like I don't even like that, consider right? that. Like, I don't even no, consider um, that in, in that category. That's just straight telling them how it is. I mean, I never really like would um get crazy like that. Like, I'm not putting throw shit a real in my one. Thumb hole. Throw a real one is what I would say. Yeah, I mean, throw I'm gonna jab one. a little bit back and forth, right? But I'm not gonna like do something physically to the bowler I'm bowling. I think that's just like that's just like bushy I guess, shit. Now, see, I was a little physical. I was I was not afraid like of physical physical contact. Oh, the dead all. fish, the dead fish. So I would have to you say that up. my that my best. Uh, psych out move in bowling was probably to throw the strike and walk on the opponent's approach and and right. and kind of walk purposely walk by them real close to them <laughs> invade invade their personal space and make them feel uncomfortable in some kind of way you know maybe even maybe even approach them as if there was going to be some sort of physical physical confrontation of some kind but there really wasn't that was probably my my best psych out move yeah if anybody knows if anybody doesn't know what the what the dead fish is the dead fish is when you shake your opponent's hand before the match and you you stiffen your hand up and you give him the dead fish and they're like oh what is that's the dead fish um and you just look at him and you're like yeah dead fish mop Dead fish. I thought the dead like, fish was like you. You, you just you, you limp your hand. You're saying you, you get do, aggressive with it. Either way, there's two probably different styles of dead fish. Well, one of you, Jeff, will you tell us what the real dead fish is? It says Rob. Rob seems to be confused. Dead fish. Um, hold on. Let's see what the uh, Vic. I love reading these comments. Huey Stewart used to spit tobacco on their approach and blew cigar smoke at opponent's face back in the 1900s. <laughs> Yo, that's OG 1900s, man. Talk. Yo, I could just see this guy, man, Huey Stewart, probably had it. He was always with a cigar. Yo, he's probably bowling while he smoked a cigar in his mouth. He didn't even use his hands. The shit would just be in his in his mouth, right? I guarantee Huey Stewart probably had a hat, right? You know. Um, uh, here, I, another another thing that I would do that I think would annoy people sometimes is sing or rap along to the music that's playing in the bowling alley. Like if I was bowling action 
and there was music playing and they were losing and I was pouring it on, uh, I would I would definitely sing along or rap along to the music to kind of, you know, put it in. I told you I'm going to read so your Jeff bend, says you bend, bend your, hand, your backwards. hand backwards. Yes. So you don't is. grasp their hand. The other version yeah. is when you shake, you tickle their palm with yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. heard. That I've that, heard. Okay. That I that, yes, that I got. Okay. All right. Funny. Clear, clear enough. Clear enough. All right, Mike. Tony saying he misses action with Stillman. It's funny you bring him up, Tone. I, I just last night, uh, a guy on my pair asked somebody, Have you ever made the seven ten? The guy was like, No, nah, I never made the seven ten. Another guy was like, Oh, I made it in practice once or whatever. And I told them, like, you want to hear the best 710 story ever? And they were like, yeah. And I told it to them. And I was like, yeah, you can go back on my podcast and hear the guy who actually did it uh, uh, tell that story. I'm like, but it's a, it's a really great story. All right, here's my, uh, here's my worst of the week. Uh, let's see. Uh, you might have to go on Instagram for this one, okay, to check this out. But I, I just I took a screenshot of it when it came up. And I was, I want to be clear. I was in the search of Instagram. I went to the search button of Instagram and I was getting ready to type something in, but I was looking at what they had posted there in the search thing for me to look at. And I see a bowling post. So I click on it. And this was a post by bowling underscore love underscore. Okay. I guess it's some sort of bowling account. Bowling underscore love underscore. And they were celebrating uh, the fact that they had amassed 10,000 followers. Okay. Well, I click on the post and the, the video starts playing. And here what it is is it's two guys taking their shirts off and throwing a shot down the lane. I'm just like. How do you get 10,000 are they good-looking right? guys? That, are they like? That's why I'm giving the worst of the week. Like, they, how does an outlet like that have ten thousand followers? And that's the kind of shit content they're putting out. Well, I mean, are these like, like, uh, like, you know, Playgirl? Are these like, are these like male no, strippers? No. It was like, it was like regular dudes. Like, look, I'll show you. I'll try and show. See? Can you see? Yeah, I could see ten k, but this right, ten k. You see. You yeah, see the well, two is, guys yeah, without their uh -huh, shirts on, uh -huh, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy's all tattooed up. Yeah. Right? The other dude, you know, he's kind of husky. And the, I, this was just a screenshot that I took of this little snippet that they sent out to celebrate the fact that they had 10K. Uh, bowling like underscore they, love it, underscore. It, it, it sounds How like does this nonsense their, have 10,000 like followers? They, sounds like they bought their followers, Mike. What is going on? It. What yeah, is going crazy, on? right? All um, right. Hi, Rob. Final thoughts before we log off here? I mean, you know, not really, man. I'm just same kind of probably final thought every week, man. I'm just excited to finally start bowling some tournaments here in the next like four or five weeks. So I'll, I'll definitely be reporting back. Follow me on my Twitter account. I don't post anything usually on my Facebook these days. Uh, there's just too much. Um, I don't know what the, the word I'm looking for is on Facebook, but I feel like Twitter has got a uh, to me a better bowling following than my Facebook. Um, so yeah, follow me, Brooklyn Eleven. Shameless plug, but I'll be updating my, uh, you know how how I'm bowling and what's going on with me and my practice and whatnot. So Brooklyn yeah. Brooklyn Rob Eleven on Twitter. Uh, yeah, my final thought is uh, preparing for winter leagues. We actually selected the patterns uh, oh. for my winter sport league. Uh, this past week, and maybe maybe we'll get into that a little bit next week. We can talk about that, and uh, yeah, just you know, getting ready to start up the winter bowling season. Looking forward to it, you know. Uh, looking forward to drilling some balls, perhaps. And uh, yeah, it's about it, man. Trying to squeeze the life out of these last few weeks of summer here. That's what my goal is. So Gotta when be. does your when does your current league end and your new league start? Uh, I think there's three weeks left in the current league. And my other league probably starts a week or two after that. Oh, okay. So you're not overlapping, right, with leagues? No, not too much. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, got a little vacation planned this weekend. 
uh, headed down to Jersey Shore with the family, so going to go relax, going to go enjoy the summer a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, that's about I, it. I would imagine we're probably going to stay on the Thursday time slot, you think? What? What do you think? The Thursday night time slot for the show? Yeah, I think I think we could do that. I think we I think we could do that during the winter. Yeah, I think that would yeah. work. Uh, I, I got you know off to take a look at things, but yeah, I think usually no matter what I have going on, I'm home by eight o'clock anyway. So okay, well, right, yo, uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Brooklyn Rob Eleven. I'm at the two one fifth. Uh, follow us at Sweet the Rack on Twitter. Email Sweet the Rack at Gmail. Uh, hit us up. Let us know what's good. All right, we'll see everybody right, next week. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.